We're going to read from the Bible before Emmanuel starts to preach. So it's a, a well-known section from the book of Acts that we're going to read. We've been reading it for a few weeks now. It's Acts chapter 11, beginning to read at verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he had arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all uh, to remain true to the Lord with all their heart. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples are called Christians first in Antioch. Amen. I'd like us to just bow our hearts and pray. I'd like you to pray. Ask the Lord to speak to you this morning. I would like you to pray. Say, Lord, speak to me this morning. Let your word minister life to me this morning. Let your word minister grace to me this morning. Yes, Lord. Also hear your word this morning. Let life flow. Let your grace flow. Let your spirit rest on us afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello. Hi. Good morning. My name is Emmanuel, and I'll be bringing us God's word this morning. And it's beautiful to see your faces again this morning. Um, I'll try my best to stick to time, but if I don't, you blame Dan. <laughs> he took more than so much time talking about the gift. I know we need money, but then he took my time. So if I exceed the time, you blame Dan. Amen. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at lessons from Antioch, and we have studied, we've seen that the church, as I gathered people, people who meet regularly, we've looked at the church as ordinary people, and that means the church composed of mostly unnamed people doing God's work. You don't have to be standing here like me. My name is Emmanuel. We don't have to know your name, but ordinary people doing God's work. We saw that a church is a suffering people, people who suffer for the sake of the gospel. We also saw that at the church we are a grace-filled people and also a missional people, people on a mission to reach the world. 
Today, we will consider how that the church must also be a discipled people. A discipled people. From the text we read, we saw that for a whole year in verse 25 and 26 of our text, we saw that for a whole year, Barabbas and Paul met and taught the people the word of God. For a whole year, they met and taught the people the word of God. And the end of that scripture says that, and the disciples were first called Christians as Antioch. The people who were taught the word. These disciples were the ones that were called Christians. And if you will permit me to say, I will say that what makes you a Christian isn't just your salvation. Your salvation is important. That's where it begins. But you remember that the word Christian means like Christ or little Christ, people who are like Christ. And it was the first time that they were called Christians, people who were like Christ, were after they have been taught the word for a period of one year. So, a Christian is mainly a disciple, someone who has been taught. It's important to know that these Christians were not just new converts. They are people who have been taught the word, and hence they have become like Christ. They are definitely not called Christians because they were born into a Christian home or where the family, their father or mother is a Christian. That was not what made them Christians. What made them Christians is that they were taught. They were taught the word. So what is a disciple? The Greek word that was translated disciple in our text literally means a learner, a pupil, a student, someone who has enrolled into a kind of a structured school where we are taught the word line upon line, precept upon precept. Um, where I grew up, there is what we call almajiri. Say almajiri. Almajiri. Good. Almajiri is the Hausa word for disciple. Hausa is one of the languages in Nigeria. The Hausa word for disciple is almajiri. Now, <clears throat> people that were called almajiri, what they did, because one of the places I lived, they actually had this house, one of their centers that was close to the house where I lived. And what Almajiris did was that they were Muslim students. What they did was when they were born and they grew up, let's say, five, six, seven years old, they actually leave their parents to go live in what we call like a monastery or a school, kind of. And what they do is that they are taught their scriptures morning, afternoon, evening. They were students. And that is what discipleship is. It is being a student, being 
taught the word. And it is actually a conscious practice that is designed to make us like Christ. Discipleship is conscious effort, conscious learning that is designed to make us like Christ. Our goal as believers is to be like Christ. Our goal is to be transformed into the image of Christ. And if discipleship is done properly, the end result will look like fanatism. It will look like we are fanatics. We are going to look like extremists. And to be honest, for you to leave your house every Sunday morning when you have other things to do and you are coming to church here, you are almost a fanatic. Looking at what has been happening in church recently among us, it, it, it doesn't make sense that in this period of mourning, we still come to church, we still lift our hands to heaven, and we sing. This transformation happens during the course of discipleship, where we learn to become like Christ. So why are we talking about discipleship today? I told us earlier that what makes you a Christian isn't your salvation. That is where it begins. But when Jesus was living, what he told the disciples was not to go and make converts. He didn't say go and make converts. He didn't say go and get people born again. Go and get people say the sinner's prayer. Oh Lord, I accept you into my heart. That wasn't the command. The command that Jesus gave was go and make disciples of all nations. Go and teach all nations. If you read it, the King James, in Matthew 29, verse 18 or 19, it says, go and teach all nations. The NIV says, go and make disciples of all nations. That is the command. That is God's command to us. When we talk about the Great Commission, we get people saved, but that is not, that's not the goal. The goal is to get people discipled, taught the word, to teach people the ways of God, to get people enrolled into this school of the word of God. And where does discipleship take place? It takes place in church like this. In Jubilee, we have what we call life groups, where what we are taught in church, we get to expound on them in our life groups. In Jubilee, there are also other avenues for learning. A leadership program just started recently online. There is Inside Out, where the lives of people are being transformed. There are several avenues in church. And apart from these organized platforms, discipleship also takes place one-on-one, where you get to teach people that you have brought to the Lord. You share the gospel with somebody the person accepts Christ, and then you arrange one-on-one discussions. That is how discipleship takes place. And quickly, what happens during discipleship? There are several things that happen during discipleship. I'll just highlight six of them quickly. What happens during discipleship? First, we are taught the Word of God. When we come to church like this, we are taught the Word. In our life groups, we are taught the word. Why are we taught the word? So that we will know the mind of God. 
so that we will know the ways of God, so that we think like Christ, so that we can act like Christ. We are taught the word of God because God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The way he sees things are not the way we see things. And as disciples, we have to come to a point where we see things the way God sees them. We see people the way God sees them. It, it, it could be difficult to see people the way God sees them because when we look at people, we tend to see the mess around them. But when God sees people, he sees his image. He sees his creation. He sees people that he loves. He sees people that Jesus came to die for. And one of the things that happens in discipleship is that we are taught to see people the way God sees them. And if we get to see people the way God sees them, then we'll have more grace towards them. Secondly, thing that happens during discipleship is that we get to examine the world together. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, when the word was taught to the people at Berea, the Bible says that the Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness, and they examined the scriptures every day to see if what was said was true. It is a good thing that we are taught the word, but for our convictions, convictions to be strengthened, we need to examine the word together. That is how our convictions are strengthened. We examine, we need to see, we make the connections in the word. We see, okay, this is what the Bible really says. This is how I'm really going to go about this. We examine the word together. We are taught the ways of God and we examine the word together. The third thing that happens during discipleship is that we are taught to pray. Prayer is an art. Prayer is very important in the believer's life. We all know that prayer is important, but prayer is also an art. And as disciples, we have to learn to pray. In Luke chapter 11, from verse 1 to 4, the disciples met Jesus. Jesus finished prayer. The disciples met him and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Yes, we pray in the name of Jesus, but there is actually an art to prayer. There's a way you pray to see your prayers answered. And there's also a way to pray even when you don't see your prayers answered. In discipleship, we are taught to pray. We are taught to pray. Number four, we are taught to serve. We all have abilities, we all have giftings, we all have callings, we all have things that we could do in the kingdom. And when we are gathered as disciples, we are taught how to exercise our giftings. We are taught how to exercise our callings. We are taught how to use what God has given to us to build the kingdom. If you are in church and you are not very sure of what role is it you could play in the kingdom, you just need to reach out to the leadership of the church, reach out to somebody in church. You will be discipled, you will be taught how best you can serve in God's house. 
It could just be your smile at the door. Yes, it could just be that hello you say to somebody. And it lifts their spirit. It could be singing. There are several things we could do in church. During discipleship, we are taught to serve. We are taught to serve. You see that in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15 to 16. We are taught to serve. Number five, we are taught to make sacrifices. In discipleship, we are taught to sacrifice our resources, our money. We are taught to sacrifice our time. Like this morning, we left several things. We left our beautiful beds to come to church. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sacrifice our time to be in church. We sacrifice our time to be in life groups. I just want to encourage us. If you're not in a life group, I want to encourage us to make our time to join life groups and participate in life groups. If, if you've spoken to me enough in Jubilee, you will know that I am very excited about life groups because the life groups I belong to in church have been so much of a blessing to me. I know we are all busy. I know we have a lot of things to do. But as disciples, we must sacrifice time. We must make our time to be that gathered people. We must make our time to be in the groups of believers. We must make out that time to come and learn the word. We must make that time. I know we are busy. You know, uh, I, I don't know if I've said this before here, but you know, before I came to England, there's this belief that uh, we had in Nigeria that, that when people leave Africa and come to a more developed place like this, that that people do not want to go to church anymore, that you are too busy going to work, trying to make money, that you don't want to go to work, that you don't want to go to church. But that is not true. I've seen people here go to parties. They create time for parties. They create time for any other thing. So if, if, if you have all the time to do all the social stuff, I, I can tell you you also have the time to come to church. We are taught to make sacrifices. And number six, finally, we are taught to surrender. In discipleship, we are taught to, sur- taught to surrender to the will of God. We are taught to go where God wants us to go. We are taught to do the things that God wants us to do even when it doesn't seem pleasant. We are taught to surrender. We are taught to trust God. In Luke 22, verse 42, when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, he said a prayer. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. If we're going to make sacrifices, then we must learn to surrender. In Luke 18, 28, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, we have left everything and followed you. Surrendered everything to follow you. 
for some of us this morning, we need to really need to surrender. We need to ask the Lord to use us whatever way he wants to use us. We also need to trust, learn to trust him, even in this season. Even when we say prayers and we don't see the answers we were expecting, we trust that God is good. There's this thing we say in Nigeria, in the Nigerian churches. We say God is good and you answer all the time. Can we do that? God is good and all the time God is good. As disciples, we learn to surrender to him and we say, Lord, do with me what you want. Take me where you want me to go. Use me whatever way you want to use me. Jesus said, not my will, but your will. And we have Peter in Luke chapter 5, verse 5. He had an encounter with Jesus. And he said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, as disciples, we are taught to say things like this. Lord, because you say so, I will do this. Because you say I should, I will. Because you say I should trust you, even in the middle of the storm. I will trust you, even in the middle of the storm. You remember when Jesus came walking on water, and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter knew well enough to ignore the waves. He knew well enough to ignore the storm. And he walked on the water. If we're going to see God do miracles in our lives, in ways we do not imagine, it requires that we surrender, that we trust him. It requires that we trust him. And so, this morning, as we prepare to take the communion, I just want us to reflect on what aspect of discipleship do we need to do better? Do we need to make more time to be taught the word? Do we need to make commitment to our life groups? Do we need to learn to pray? Do we need to learn to serve? Do we need to surrender to God? I ask us to bow our hearts this morning. Let us bow our heads and pray this morning. Take a moment to reflect. Am I a disciple indeed? Am I being taught the word? Am I being taught? Do I? Have I created enough time to learn the word? In the book of Acts, the believers met every day to learn the word. How much time have we allocated to learning the ways of God?